Good to be here today. I feel like I'm coming home. I mean, I uh, think back. We uh, first we spent seven years as a pastor next door. There used to be a building there, right, Maryland? It's gone now, but underground, I guess. But then we. Uh, Guess the Lord brought us back again to live um, out in Crawford Lake Road and uh, between going back to the field. So, and over the years, we've become friends with this church and it's been a great church down through the years. So, um, as you see, Kim is not here. She sends her love. We're over at Hagen's Lake with our family and. Uh, because of the COVID, haven't seen some of the family for like two years, and so she's there, and she sends her love. Maybe uh, another time we she'll be able to come with me. But we have been missionaries well since we left Kalkaska 32 years ago. We've been missionaries uh, Jamaica 25 years, and um, then working throughout the whole Caribbean for another six years and then just settling mainly on the country of Suriname for the last three years. How many uh, know where Suriname is? Or how many have ever heard of Suriname? For one, <laughs> got one for the guy back here. And um, <clears throat> Well, Suriname, first of all, it's on the northeast coast of South America. It's... Uh, the smallest country in South America. It's part of three countries that aren't Latin, French Guiana, Suriname, and Guyana. But it's totally different from the rest of Latin America. If you know anything about Latin America, you know it's uh, Latino. Well, they're not Latino. They are uh, Roman Catholic. Well, Suriname is, uh, first of all, their main language is Dutch. And then they speak... Uh, a Creole language called Serentango, and a lot of people speak English who live in the, the capital. Um, but they, because they all know at least three languages, one, one of the interesting things is they, they switch languages even in a one sentence. And they don't do that because they know each other knows the languages. So, you know, for an American who we speak one language mainly, it's really amazing. Like, if I was in church today in Suriname, they would have overheads in three languages, and they would sing choruses, like a Dutch song, and then an English one, and then a Sarantango, and, you know, and to me, it's like, wow, this is amazing. But then it's like, yeah, that's how we roll, you know, we just, that's how we do it. So, um, but they're also not Roman Catholic at all. They are 25% Hindu. This is South America, 20% Muslim, and uh, at least another 20% animus who live in the jungle and their whole society is built on demon worship. So um, it's an exciting place to work every time I go, and I praise God that for the first time I'm in September I get to go back after this whole COVID year and a half. And uh, there's always something different happens every time uh, we go there. Um, I'm also a team leader for missionaries in three countries, Antigua, 
Curacao and and Suriname. So we'll get to go to Antigua in uh, next month. So we're really excited about that. So we just uh, covet your prayers. Um, as I talk, you'll hear more about it, but uh, when you go to Suriname, it's just like, I call it layers of demons. Layers of demons. They're just, every part of that society worships demons, the Hindus, the animists, and uh, so there's heavy-duty spiritual warfare. So whenever we go, we, we just need a covering. And uh, get, just ask you to get one of our prayer cards at the back, just remember to... Uh, Pray with us. All right, turn with me to Luke 5, verse 37. It's up there on the screen. Probably should read from the screen. It's bigger print, huh? And now no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wineskins will burst in the skin. The skins, the wine will run out and the wine skins will be ruined. <clears throat> no, new wine must be poured into new wine skins. And no one after drinking old wine wants a new. But they say the old is better. I want to talk to you about wine skins this morning. Let's just pray. Father, thank you for this privilege of speaking here at this church today. And I pray, anoint me by your Holy Spirit. Guide my words. And I pray, God, our hearts are open to what you're going to say to us today, and we'd act upon what you say to us. And I pray, do miracles in our midst today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't uh, have to tell anybody here that it's been an interesting last year and a half, and uh, a crazy time. You know, a lot of doors shut, but seemingly... God opened a lot of doors. And this um, is really sort of the essence of the new wineskin today is that nothing can stop the Holy Spirit. If you say praise God to that, nothing can stop the Holy Spirit. And even though, you know, we were shut down and locked down and all kinds of stuff, yet God continued to move. But I think it forced the church, forced us as people Maybe to do things differently because we had no choice. But we found out, you know, that we found better ways to do things or things that were reaching people. For one thing, like a lot of churches, and I, I don't know, I haven't talked to you about this, what you began to live stream and found out they were reaching a lot more people. And secondly, now that COVID has ended, they're still live streaming. Why? Because they found they reached a lot of people. Like I said, in Suriname, uh, where a lot of the people are either Muslim or Hindu, don't come to church. But yet when they live stream, the church that had 500 regular attenders, all of a sudden had 14,000 views. And at Easter time, they made a production. And uh, interesting enough, you know, they got their teens involved in the, you know, making animation and, and, and stuff like that. And it was so good, the government put it on television free and showed it like three times so the whole country could see it. So Hindus and Muslims sitting in their houses saw the gospel, praise God. So those those were doors that opened because they were forced, we were forced to do something different. 
Now, as you look at uh, the context here of Luke, f- Luke 5, it starts out with one, uh, the miraculous catch of fish. You know, the disciples who thought, you know, they knew everything about fishing said, well, okay, Jesus, if you say so. And when they did it, a miraculous catch of fish. Then it goes on and he heals a leper, which again was unheard of. Then uh, you see these guys uh, lowering this guy down through the roof, and uh, God healed him. And, and uh, then he went to the Levi's house, and of course the Pharisees just blew a gasket. They couldn't believe. They said, man, he's eating with sinners. And Jesus said, well, that's the ones who need the gospel. That's the ones who need to hear. They're the ones that need healing. So, in a sense, you know, he did all these things and the people were just flabbergasted. It's like, wow, what is going on? And so Jesus says, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. The, the old wineskins won't hold it. So what he was saying was, is they had never seen the miraculous before. And Jesus said, but called that new wine. In other words, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do in the face of the earth. But, uh, you know, and even, you know, going to the sinner's house was a new thing. God has new wineskins for you. How many of you believe that? God has new wineskins for you as a church, as individuals. And what I mean by that is that he wants us to be open to what he's doing and what he wants to do in your life. Um, I, I want to tell you, and I don't know who it is, maybe, but as I was preparing for this morning and praying, I felt like there was at least two people here that you're contemplating either starting a business or a, or a, a ministry, and, and yet there's hesitation, there's fear of stepping into the unknown, and the Lord says, it's God, it's me. <laughs> it's me that's leading you. Now, how many of you think that, you know, and again, maybe it's a new wineskin to even think that when we as a Christian start a business that's going to employ people and give families jobs and income, how many think that's of God? You see your hand. How many think that's, that's a ministry? It really is a ministry. If you are providing jobs for other people and for yourself, and, uh, you know, and particularly when you, you know, when you see the economy is down, it's not down that God's economy is not down. God's economy is not down. So therefore, he leads people to do things that are going to help other people because his economy is not down. Now, even as I'm here listening to the, just these announcements, I see some if they appear to be to me new wineskins, talking about going over to the motel and feeding people and helping people. How many know that's exciting to me? Because that's God's heart. Jesus said, if you did it for the least of these, my brother, and you did it for me. And that's God's heart. If there's anything I've learned, it's this. That when you do God's heart, his blessing is on it. There's a lot of stuff we can do. You wonder what's going on. Well, maybe it wasn't God's heart, you know. But when you do God's heart, he's blessing it. And uh, 
Again, I think even in, in the, my brother's prayer, or no, the brother that uh, was uh, leading worship, talking about unity and networking and connecting. I think this again, this shouldn't be a new wineskin. It's all through the Bible. But one of the things I think COVID has done, it has brought people together. It's brought people together because we had no other choice. We had to depend on each other. And uh, the Lord says, yeah, that's what I wanted all along. So, like, duh, you're finally getting it, huh? So unity, connecting, working together uh, is something the Lord wants to do. So I want to tell you, uh, just share a few testimonies of, our, of people we work with. Um, what we really do is we are like mentors, coaches. We come alongside people and uh, help make it happen. So, I, I mean, it's exciting to me. We help make it happen. We help see, get churches planted. And, uh, and these are stories that sort of go along with the wineskins today. So this is the first one. And that is God can open doors in ways we don't expect. I think a lot of times we are looking, whether it's the church or individuals, a certain way. And we think this is the way it's going to happen. But it don't happen that way. Because God has a, a different way, and he has a better way. So the key is that we have to be open. Because the last uh, line of Luke 5 said, people prefer the old wineskins. It's just something like, it's comfortable, it's the way we've been doing it. But the Lord says, I'm going to change that up. And you'll be amazed when I, I do what I'm going to do. So this story is about... Uh, a young girl, she's not young now, but she was young when God called her to the mission field. Her name is Sherry Ann Griffin from the country of Barbados. Next slide. There she is with Kim. Next slide. So uh, this young girl, God's called her into the jungle. Now this right here, this wasn't taken, this isn't a picture of a hundred years ago. This is some picture I took the last time I was at Suriname. Can you believe today that people live in villages like that in the jungle? Totally uh, isolated from the rest of the country. The only way you get there is by river. And uh, as you see, there's no cars. There's no... Um, they, have a, 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 they have a generator for the village that runs power from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. if they have diesel fuel which is maybe half the time. So, you know, this is how they live. And, and um, those houses are two-room. The back house that they sleep in, the front is like a living area where they talk. Now, in spite of the fact there's really, you know, no modern conveniences, a lot of people have cell phones. You believe it. And they have little uh, solar panels this big, big enough to charge their phone. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? in the middle of the jungle. So this is where God called Sherry in to go. And she got, you know, prepared. She went there, went to the, endeavored to go in the villages, and they said, no, you can't come in. Basically, they're all animus. There's, you know, out of 65 villages, I think there was only one other village that had a church. And so that door, she says, wow, it appears the door is closed. But there is no closed door with God. How many of you know that? So he opens it a different way. She, they won't let her come in to preach the gospel, but a big flood came, and their villages were flooded out, 
and she came with a sea container full of food. How many of you have heard of Convoy of Hope before? Anybody here? Well, Convoy of Hope provided a sea container with food, with medicine, with clothes, and she brought it to the village, and that opened the door. Sort of like your ministry, the hotel. When they saw the love of Christ demonstrated, when they saw Jesus, who he is in action, that opened the door. And these animus, who, who, their society is built on demons, let her come in to begin to minister. Next slide. This is what you see all over the village. The minute you pull up to the village, you know you've walked into a different world because there's all these things that uh, symbolize worshiping demons. And this is one of many in the village, little temples where you could go and worship demons. You're very conscious of uh, demonic powers. I, when when uh, I was there once for two weeks, and la- later on, Sherry Ann said to me, we can't stay there anymore at that house. And I said, why not? She said, the owner said, we can't stay there because we're troubling the demons. Well, that's good news and bad news. It's good news that you're making an impact. Well, it's bad news we didn't have a place to stay. <laughs> Because the demons are being troubled. Since that time, we built here a house next to the church. Next slide. This is the door God opened. It was with the children. How many of you know the children are the most open to the gospel there are? Their hearts are tender. You tell them the truth. They, they believe it. You tell them about praying for the sick. They pray for the sick. People get healed. And so this is the door God opened. That Today, that church in the, the village of Tamaribo is mainly children. Next slide. Just more children, more children, more children. Next one. Now, as I said, these villages, uh, they're mainly animus. So out of four villages Sherry Ann was working in, three of them, the witch doctor, stirred up the people, and they said, no, we don't want a church in our village. Well, in this village, this old man next to me, now I'm the one on the left, just so you know, the old man. This old man next to me, Cena, 95 years old. In their society, the oldest man in the village is like, whatever he says, go. They have that kind of respect for age. And Cena said to this village, if we will allow a church in our village, God will bless our village. And the village, even though they're mainly animus, voted yes to put a church there. And now, after Sherry has been there a few years, it's true. You see the blessing of God on the people that are part of the church. Next slide. There's the church. That's a pretty nice church in the middle of the jungle, huh? That's probably the nicest building for miles in any direction. Next slide. That's the inside of the church. That. People like you, missions funds have helped to build for, for that village. Praise God. The next thing I just want to share with you is, again, something we all know. All things, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And once again, what this says is many times things happen to us that don't look good. Well, many times things happen that aren't good. And even we've seen a lot of tragedies even in this last year and a half. But somehow, 
And to me, it's one of the strongest promises of the word. As a believer, God will turn it around for good. Somebody can say, thank God, praise God. He'll turn it around for good. He will make what seems to be bad come out to be good. So I want to tell you the story of a, a young guy I'm working with. His name is Billy and Havila Roman. My wife and I will be there with them next month because we are sort of mentoring them. Uh, this, this is a picture of, uh, there's my one granddaughter in front of me, but on the, uh, the left side is Havila, and over behind is her husband, Billy. Now, they're a young couple, full of the power of God, so equipped to be missionaries. Billy speaks four languages. He speaks uh, Dutch, Spanish, Papimento, and English. You know, just... Uh, so their church today is bilingual. A lot of Spanish-speaking people in uh, the island of Antigua. And so he don't need interpreter. He preaches in English and interprets himself. <laughs> Pretty neat, huh? If you can do that. But, you know, again, when COVID started in a country like Antigua, that is a tourist country, all, and, you know, all of a sudden, all the jobs are wiped out. Because they're all jobs in the tourist trade. Tourists weren't allowed to come into the country. So what do they do? Well, they do what is the greatest need, and that is begin to feed people. They uh, develop bags, and they call them bags of hope. And they put in each bag enough food to feed a family of five for two weeks. And they took whatever money they had and... <clears throat> and made 50 bags, prayed about it, and went out to homes uh, as the Lord led. Next slide. There's bags of hope. Well, it, what happened is, like the feeding of the 5,000, every week there was enough to fill another 50 bags, and another 50 bags the next week, and another 50. Where did it come from? I don't know. But every week, there's enough to feed another 50 families. And after about three months, literally, many people had come to the Lord, mainly young people, teenagers, adults, and young adults. And this was, you're talking about a baptism earlier. This is a baptism they had right there. Praise God. And their church is mainly young people. And they're taking these young people and they're going out and they're winning the loss. They went to a neighboring island called Barbuda and did what they've been doing. They took with them a hundred bags of hope to this island and uh, fed people that were hungry. Next one. Now, as I said earlier, God has wineskins for all of us here today. I don't know what you're facing, but... I know this, that God has new ways he's going to do things. He has different ways. There are ways, I think, and this is what I think I've learned. This isn't a great revelation, but I've learned this. Many times it appears, sometimes it's with the Holy Spirit, it's just like an idea that comes to your head. And you go, oh, no, that won't work. Well, I've learned that if it keeps coming back, I believe it's from God. And I at least have to endeavor to walk through that door, at least take a step through the door. So in other words, opportunities the Lord is going to put our way 
Though it may appear always to be a big thing, but when you walk through the door, how many know like a house, you don't know what house looks like unless you open the door and walk in. At least take a step in. All right? Now, I mean, in recent days, that's happened to Kim and I. Um, first of all, with Suriname, again, right now, they're still in the, in the, in the clutches of, of COVID big time. And, uh, and I made a phone call to somebody with Convoy and said, is there any way Convoy could help? And he said, I don't think so. But two weeks later, he called back and he said, there's still a need. And when I'm saying that in Suriname, there's three hospitals, they only had like 40 beds for COVID uh, patients, but they had a couple hundred cases. So their hospitals were running out. So even I inquired and he said no, but he called back and he said, we have a donor that wants to give sea containers full of stuff for COVID. Gowns, surgical masks, gloves, two scene containers, basically $150,000 worth of stuff in each one. And you say, was that a big wide open door? No, it was a phone call. Being led of the Holy Spirit that opened the door. Now here's part of the exciting thing. To this little country, this is a big deal. Matter of fact, when the when the, the pre, it came to the president of the United of the country that the church was providing all this stuff that the hospitals needed, and he called the pastor personally and thanked him. Now, so then I asked the pastor. I said, "What about sending the second container?" He says, "Let's wait and see if the president asks us to do that." Now, the president is a Hindu. And would you believe, a couple of weeks later, he called and he said, can you help us? A Hindu asking the church. You think that's, how many think that's pretty neat? Praise God. And so these sea containers are on the way. Now, this couple here, as I said, 20% of the country is Muslim. This guy, uh, Hanky and Judith. Now, if you were there and you wanted to touch it, Judith, you'd say Udith. Their J is silent. If you look in their alphabet, you don't see no J's. Udith. Hanky and Udith. Singa Sumito. Raised as Muslims. Got saved when they were teenagers. Found out that Jesus Christ is the real God, the true God, not Allah. Began to just care, love people, reach people. And they started a church in somebody's yard, like on the back veranda. And then they, they outgrew that. And uh, they built like a pole building type of roof. And then they outgrew that and they built a second one. And uh, now here's the thing about their testimony of the church. They kind of began to have a testimony of a place to go to be delivered from demonic strongholds and powers. That's a great testimony, isn't it? And they began to reach not only these uh, people that from the Saramacan, from the jungle, but Amerindians from the Arawakan tribe. So I was there on uh, one of my last trips, and uh, I preached on Romans 6, 
And the title of my message was Break the Chains. And at the end, we just declared, break every chain in this place. And now knowing what kind of people there, the Arawakan Indians who, who uh, basically their society is built on witchcraft. Then we had an altar call and people began. We began to pray for people to be set free. There was a young lady there. She was an attractive young lady, dressed very nice. She came forward. As we began to pray for her, something happened to this nicely dressed, seemingly quiet girl. Her eyes rolled back in her head. And she began again, if I uh, hadn't saw it, my eyes wouldn't bleed. She began to roar like a tiger. Roar! She began to go like this. And then she picked up a chair and began to swing it at all of us praying for her. Now, you know, in the natural, they say, that's not very nice. We're trying to help you. But there's a demon in her. And she begins to swing that chair. Now, I thought it wisdom to pray from a distance at that point, you know. That was a joke, by the way. (laughs) But then she fell to the floor and on all fours like this, she went across the, the front of the church. But that didn't deter these people. Now I'm here in the back of my neck is standing up. But that didn't deter them at all. Because this is like, yeah, this is what we do. They held on to her. They prayed for her until the demons left her and Jesus set her free. Hallelujah. Praise God. So later, just to show you how that happens, I told my, the superintendent I, what happened. And he just said, yeah, that's a tiger demon. Oh, I said, that's, that's just the tiger demon, huh? Just like common practice. Yeah, that's the diamond tiger demon. Uh, go to the two slides down. Next one. So these are the Arawakan people. Next slide. So uh, last time I go back, I see this girl leading worship. And I said, she looks like the girl that was demon possessed, but that can't be. So I said to the assistant pastor, is that the girl that was demon-possessed that God set free, who's leading worship? He said, yeah, that's her. That's her in the middle. Her name is Naomi. Praise God. Isn't that exciting? Jesus, no matter what the need is, Jesus can set people free. So uh, one of the things that happened during this COVID is that the church was shut down. And um, so the church began basically just to visit people and pray for people. And they went into this village where they've been working at. It was an Amerindian village. And the Lord laid on their heart, let's uh, start a church combination, church children's home in this village. Again, new wineskins, a church in, that's not only a church they like this building, but the building they're going to build has a children's home attached to the building. Why? Because the need is so great for children. When I went into this village of Whit Sandy, um, it was like, you know, it dropped off the, the ed- edge of the map. It's like people forgot about it. This little village had alcoholism, not only alcoholism with the adults, but children. Alcoholics or children. Drug addiction, incest. We're talking serious stuff. And uh, so this church is planning a church there. 
and with Sandy and so I'm standing with them, you know, helping them, joining hands with them to help help make it happen. Praise God. So let's just stand as we close. You know, uh, God has exciting things for all of us here today. He has new wineskins. He's asking us, you know, to, to be open to that. Not just the way he's always done things, but to be open to new ways. And that, you know, and again, even as I listen to your announcements, I see that I would say you're moving in new wineskins. Even with this ministry to hotel, and uh, even with your team ministry, your leadership team, that's uh, not particularly something we saw in the past. So, God, I believe you're moving in the right direction, but God has wineskins for all of us here. I just wonder how many would say that to me today. See, I think so. God has wineskins for all of us, for you, for you, for you. And he's saying, just be open to it. Just be open to it. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't ask permission to do this, but I, I just feel it in my heart. I'd like to pray for the leadership team if they'd, if they'd let me. Can I pray for you guys today? And Because God is a, he's got new wineskins for you. I believe you're heading in the right way, but he has more. Somebody say more. <laughs> he has more. He has more. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody's working on stuff for the... Okay. So we got one. Well, he's going to represent... Here comes another. Oh, look at this. Okay. God raised up this team. Do you believe that? I believe it. God has wineskins for you. Do you believe that? New wineskins. I believe you're moving in it. And I believe, uh, so I don't know. Could some other people come up here and lay hands on them and just join me with them? And we're going to pray for them and then all. And the rest of you can uh, just like stretch your hand out this way. There you go. Look, at I think we got the whole team. Go on, just go like this, all right, and pray with us. Father, thank you. Lord, I just, uh, first of all, pray for this word that you gave me for this church, that you have new wineskins, Father. You, and when you do wineskins, you work miraculously. Father, it's beyond us. We say yes to you. We seek your face and find your direction. But when we say yes to you, you do it supernaturally. You work with a power that's far beyond our own ability. So, Lord, as I said, in the congregation, I believe there's people that you've laid on their hearts to start businesses or ministries, and you're saying, go forward in faith. Give them faith today to go forward. And Father, I thank you for this leadership team that you have raised up, that, are, that have a heart for this church and a heart for this community. 
And Lord, I thank you for new wineskins already. I thank you as I see this ministry to hotels. And, there, and I feel there's a lot more I don't even know. So continue to lead them. Because Father, even as you open one door and you walk through that door, you open other doors. Your vision is, we see a whole new horizon as we go through one door and you begin to open doors. And I pray that even through this door at the hotel, you'll open other doors, Father, to minister to people, Father. The least of these, because you said that is your heart. And those are the ones you want us to reach with the gospel. Encourage my friends today. Put faith in their hearts greater than they have now. Give them clear vision of what you want to do. Bring them together as a team, as a one mind and of one spirit. And Father, I'm going to thank you for the new wineskins. I'm going to thank you for the miracles that you're going to do and that you're going to reach this community and this surrounding area through them, in the name of Jesus, and through this church, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Well, I'll give the mic to someone. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got the food pretty much ready. It might be just a little bit longer, like another 10 or 15 minutes or so. If you have um, a dish that you, uh, so yes, I'm getting a thumbs up on 10 or 15 minutes. So if you've got a dish that you brought to share, or if you had a dish yesterday and you put it in the fridge, if you want to go ahead and get that out and set it on the table, that'd be great. If you brought something to share today, if you want to get that out and set it on the table, that'd be great. Um, I'll just go ahead and pray for our meal right now. Lord, we thank you so much for our awesome fellowship. Lord, I, I just love this family, and I love that we all love each other. And that when we get together, it, it's wonderful that we lift each other up. We edify each other. We speak into each other's lives. And I'm so thankful for that, Lord. So I pray that you would work in us and that you would do that thing that you do today in your body, Lord. I pray that our fellowship would be a blessing to you and to each other. And I pray that you would bless the food, Lord. Bless it to our bodies. Bless the people that help and prepare it and that clean up and all of those good things, Lord. And we thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, amen.